Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage core life. Today, we're going to step outside. We're going to step far outside, actually. Unless you live on the houseboat, then it won't be that far. But it's pretty far away from most people's front doors. Today, we're going to go to the river. Now, some of you may be of the opinion that the Detroit River is not a river at all because it's technically a strait. I don't care, it's the river. But you can do this on the Detroit River if you can find an area that has sand, or you can do it on any river. You could even do it near a pond, but I'd prefer you didn't because that goes against what we're calling these. And what are we calling them? We are making river candles. Technically, they're sand candles, but we're going to call them river candles and you'll see why. Okay, so open up your big book of stuff and turn to the outdoor crafting section. Maybe a subsection for sand or wax, because today we're going to make river candles. Let's get started. Now, one thing you want to keep in mind is that you're not going to be burning river water. That's, no, we're not doing that. Although, the song we're listening to today by Kevin McLeod from Anacopatech is River Fire, that is definitely not something that most people could do. Although, in some environmentally distressed areas, you could set the water on fire unfortunately. And here's a reminder, Flint, Michigan still, still is in need of clean water. They still don't have it all fixed yet. So just keep that in mind. Okay, but back to what we were saying. So we're definitely not making candles out of river water, but the sand that we're going to retrieve off of the beach under their water, okay? So, we're going to keep going with that. The reason I don't want you to use the sand necessarily directly dry on the beach itself is because it could be filled with almost any kind of impurity. I mean, sure enough, the river water could be hiding things too in the sand. But what I want you to do is wait until the water recedes a little bit and start gathering and sifting the sand. Obviously, you're going to need a pail or a bucket for this, and you're going to need something to shape that wet sand as if it were, you know, that particular shape of candle. So if you're using a small pasta sauce jar, that is the shape that the candle will be on the bottom. Okay, so keep that in mind. You decide what shape these candles are going to be. You could bring a mixing jar and use the bottom of that. And then what winds up happening is that it takes the shape of the bottom of that. So choose wisely. Or you could go all out and get a, a long column, uh, such as the broken shaft of a rolling pin, or maybe even, even a pool noodle would work. 
you're also going to need some wicks because you need to be able to burn your candle. And you might have these supplies already because oftentimes we talk about making candles on this channel of a podcast. So you may already have them, but if you don't, you're going to need some wicks because they have to be able to burn. And you're definitely going to need some wax because it's a candle. So I would sing a little bit of the doors about, about like, come on, baby, light my fire. But I don't want to be sued. So I can't hum it for you. But it's in my head. It's in your head now, too, isn't it? Once you've gathered and gone through your wet sand, you're going to place it into a holding container. You should gather at least twice as much sand as you think you'll need. And there's a reason for that. Because you don't want to make the surrounding sand to the wax so thin that the wax leaks through. It should be tightly compacted around the object you're using as a mold. So, if you have a large pail or a box of sand, you're going to have packed it around the object that will serve as the mold, well, will serve as the absent space in the mold once you withdraw it from the sand. That was really convoluted. So what I meant was, take your empty container, put the object in it that you're going to use to shape the candle, and pack sand completely around it remove it. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. But the sand has to be wet or at least damp and it has to be compacted around that object. Once it's solid like a sandcastle sand would be, remove the object and now you've got your mold. So what do you do next? The next thing you're going to do is take your wick and put it in the bottom of the hole. So if it's a cylinder, you're going to have to push it way down, like kind of lower it down gently. Uh, You might want to have a straw or a bamboo skewer, skewer to push it just a tiny bit lower than the very bottom, just a tiny bit down so you can make sure it won't float up and hold it into place and have that wick go along the line of that bamboo skewer so that you know it's straight and then you're going to pour in your wax and you're going to pour it it in slowly and evenly okay because you don't want a situation where you have um, uneven pour you want the pour slowly and evenly you might even do it in layers because sometimes depending on the wax and the temperature the inside center of the candle might sink as it dries So maybe save a little bit of wax in reserve to fill in that inside area if your candle wax dips toward the center where the wick is. And obviously you're going to pull out your bamboo skewer once the wax is inserted and and completely level to where you want it to be. Now keep in mind that I didn't mention you're going to need something to heat the wax with at that time. So I hope you know that you will need to bring your wax a container to heat it in. It could be a battery-operated crockpot. No, I'm not endorsed by crockpot. Or it could be a pot over an open flame or a barbecue pit. 
where you're melting your wax, understand you're probably not going to use that container again. And that's what you're going to do. You're going to make your candle right there at the beach at the river's edge. Once it's dried completely, give yourself at least two hours minimum. You're going to dig it out of your mold carefully. Now your candle will be completely coated and encrusted in sand. And that's okay. That's what you want. You want river sand. And that is what your natural candle case will be. But don't mistake the fact that it's encrusted for it being safe to leave unattended. Do not leave that candle burning unattended. Because like any other freestanding candle, it can melt everywhere. So always burn it inside of a jar or a bowl or a pot or on a candle plate but keep a good eye on it to make sure it doesn't spread everywhere and cause a fire we don't want a fire that is not controlled running rampant also keep in mind that if you see anything cute like little pebbles you might like you can put them in now this is where we have a cultural discord sometimes. There are beliefs by certain people that if you find a shell or a stone that's remarkable in nature, that they don't belong to us and we can't take them away. And then there's the opposite belief that we can because they were gifted to us by the creator. So you have to figure out what is true for you. Personally, I like to do other things such as if there are cattails or reeds there and they're supple and wet, you can get maybe one or two and tie it in a bow around the candle itself to bring a little bit more of the river home around that candle. And they good, they're good memory makers. They're, you know, good reminders of good times. Now, I know we've covered it before, but if you don't know how to keep a wick vertical, and centered, one way to do that is to wrap the end of it around a pencil or some other dowel rod or object or even that bamboo skewer you brought up and just lay it across the mold while it's cooling. I just wanted to make that note uh, if you haven't had a chance to visit our previous episodes. Also, the wax doesn't have to be beeswax. It doesn't have to be a specific uh, kind of wax, but I would prefer you stayed away from things that are very toxic. We don't want to add toxicity to the environment. Once you're done, you make sure you clean up your mess. Take your tools with you. Repack the sand that has not been contaminated by wax. Smooth it out. And if there's any trash in the area, because you've visited, you really need to take it with you. But guess what else? If there was trash there that was not by you, but you see it, you should also take that trash with you. Always try to leave nature cleaner than when you found it or better than when you found it. It would also be nice if you could do something like check around even a little bit on your path to and from and pick up any trash you see. Think of it as a tax for being able to be a human in nature. You know what I mean? And I don't want to do a tax you about not picking up things but it's a good thing to do if you haven't thought about it before i hear you groaning 
Oh, come on. That was funny. It was punny. No. Don't look like that. If the wind changes, your face will stay that way. Oh, I thought it was funny. So technically these are sand candles, but I think by doing them, making river sand the actual medium, as well as, or medium, as well as using cattails to decorate it and any other stones that may be interesting there, I think that makes them uniquely river candles because you're using objects found near the river and that's where you're doing them. You know, but you don't have to use the Detroit River. There's a lot of rivers around here. There's the Clinton River, and there may be rivers by you. But here's a note of safety. Don't ever try to make these too close to a rushing river, and you know, because you could be swept in. Also, check to make sure you aren't disturbing native habitats. We talked about the piping plover many episodes back, I think. Or was that in a nature teaching I did? I'll have to check. If I didn't do it on the podcast, I'll transfer the nature teaching to the podcast so you can learn about the piping plovers. But you don't hear their songs anymore here in Michigan. Uh, Not much anyway, but they're trying to come back. But it's a bird that almost is completely gone from here. And I remember hearing it as I grew up, but my daughter, I don't think, has ever heard it. And their habitat is on beaches. They don't, you know, go into trees. They find little clumps of grass. So when you're on your way to do this project, maybe keep an eye out. You might be fortunate enough to see a piping plover, and you definitely don't want to disturb their habitat. Just a word to the wise. <laughs> 